Chapter 10 of Wolfbane by Frederick Pohl and C. M. Cornbluth. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. On Earth's binary, Glenn Tropile had been reprogrammed for a new task. The problem was navigation. Earth had been a disappointment to the pyramids. It was necessary to move rapidly to a more rewarding planet. The pyramids had taken Earth out past Pluto's orbit with a simple shove, slow and massive. It had been enough merely to approximate the direction in which they would want to go. There would be plenty of time for refinements, of course, later. But now the time for refinements had come, earlier than they might have expected. They had now time to travel. They knew where to. A star cluster reasonably sure to be rich in componentiferous planets. It was inherent in the nature of component mines that eventually they always played out. There were always more mines, though. If that had not been so, it would have been necessary, perhaps, to stock breed components against future needs. But it was easier to work the vein out and move on. Now the course had to be computed. There were such variables to be considered as motion of the star cluster, acceleration of the binary planet system, gravitational influence of every astronomical object in the island universe, without exception. Precise computation on this basis was obviously not practical. That was not an answer to the problem, since the time required would approach eternity as one of its parameters. It was possible to simplify the problem. Only the astronomical bodies which were relatively nearby need to be treated as individuals. Further away, the pyramids began to group them in small bunches, still further in large bunches on to the point where the furthest and most numerous bodies were lumped together as vague gravitational noise whose average intensity alone was required to know and to enter as a datum and still no single component could handle even its own share of the problem were the computer they formed to be kept within the range of permissible size it was for this that the component which had been tropile was taken out of storage this was old stuff to the pyramids they knew how to handle it they broke the problem down to its essentials, separated even those into many parts. There was, for example, the subsection of one certain aspect of the logistical problem, which involved locating and procuring additional components to handle the load. Even that tiny specialization was too much for a single component, but fortunately the pyramids had resources to bring to bear. The procedure in such cases was to hitch several components together. This was done. When the pyramids finished their neurosurgery, there floated in an oversized nutrient tank a thing like a great sea anemone. It was composed of eight components, all human as it happened, arranged in a circle, facing inward, joined temple to temple, brain to brain. At their feet, where sixteen eyes could see it, there was a display board to feed them their input. Sixteen hands each grasped a molded switch to handle the binary-coded output. There would be no storage of the output outside of the eight-component complex itself. It went as control signals to the electrostatic generators, funneled through the single pyramid on Mount Everest, which handled the task of component procurement, that is, of translation. The program was slow and thorough. Perhaps the pyramid, which finally activated the octuple unit and went away, was pleased with itself. 
not knowing that one of its components was glantropile nirvana it pervaded all there was nothing outside of it nirvana glantropile floated in it as in the amniotic fluid around him nirvana the sound of one hand floating oneness there was an intrusion perfection is completed by adding to it it is destroyed duality struck like a thunderbolt oneness shattered for glantropile it seemed as though his wife were screaming at him to wake up he tried to it was curiously difficult and painful timeless poignant sadness five years of sorrow over a lost love compressed into a microsecond it was always so tropile thought drowsily awakening it never lasts what's the use of worrying over what always happens sudden shock and horror rocked him this was no ordinary awakening no ordinary thing at all nothing was as it ever had been before tropile opened his mouth and screamed or thought he did but there was only a hoarse faint flutter in his eardrums it was a moment when sanity might have gone but there was one curious mundane fact that saved him he was holding something in his hands he found that he could look at it and it was a switch a molded switch mounted on a board and he was holding one in each hand it was little to cling to but it at least was real if his hands could be holding something then there must be some reality somewhere tropile closed his eyes and managed to open them again yes there was reality too he closed his eyes and the light stopped he opened them and the light returned then perhaps he was not dead as he had thought carefully stumbling his mind his only usable tool he tried to make an estimate of his surroundings he could hardly believe what he found item he could scarcely move somehow he was bound by his feet and his head how he couldn't tell item he was bent over and he couldn't straighten why again he couldn't tell but it was a fact the great erecting muscles of his back answered his command but his body would not move item his eyes saw but only in a small area he couldn't move his head either still he could see a few things the switch in his hand his feet a sort of display of lights on a strangely circular board the lights flickered and changed their pattern without thinking he moved a switch why because it was right to move that switch when a certain light flared green a certain switch had to be thrown why well when a certain light flared green a certain switch he abandoned that problem never mind why what the devil was going on glantropile squinted about him like a mollusk peering out of its shell there was another fact the oddness of the seeing what made it look so queer he asked himself he found an answer but it required some time to take it in he was seeing in a strange perspective one looks out of two eyes close one eye and the world is flat open it again and there is a stereoscopic double the salience of the picture leapt forward the background retreats so with the lights on the board no not exactly but something like that he thought it was as though he squinted and strained 
well as though he had never really seen before as though for all his life he had only had one eye and now he was strangely given two his visual perception of the board was total he could see all of it at once it had no front or back it was in the round the natural thinking of it was without orientation he engulfed and comprehended it as a unit it had no secrets of shadow or silhouette i think tropile mouthed slowly to himself that i'm going crazy but that was no explanation either mere insanity didn't account for what he saw then he asked himself was he in a state that was beyond nirvana he remembered with an odd flash of guilt that he had been meditating watching the stages of boiling water all right perhaps he had been translated but what was this then were the meditators wrong in teaching that nirvana was the end and yet writer than the wolves who dismissed meditation as a phenomenon wholly inside the skull and refused to discuss translation at all that was a question for which he could find nothing approaching an answer he turned away from it and looked at his hands he could see them too in the round he noted he could see every wrinkle and pore in all sixteen of them sixteen hands that was the other moment when sanity might have gone he closed his eyes sixteen eyes no wonder the total perception and after a while he opened them again the hands were there all sixteen of them cautiously tropile selected a finger that seemed familiar in his memory after a moment's thought he flexed it it bent he selected another another on a different hand this time he could use any or all of the sixteen hands they were all his all sixteen of them i appear thought tropile crazily to be a sort of eight-branched snowflake each of my branches is a human body he stirred and added another datum i appear also to be in a tank of fluid and yet i do not drown there were certain deductions to be made from that either someone the pyramids had done something to his lungs or else the fluid was as good an oxygenation medium as air or both suddenly a burst of data lights twinkled on the board below him instantly and involuntarily his sixteen hands began working the switches transmitting complex directions in a lightning-like stream of on-off clicks tropile relaxed and let it happen he had no choice the power that made it right to respond to the board made it impossible for his brain to concentrate while the response was going on perhaps he thought drowsily he would never have awakened at all if it had not been for the long period with no lights but he was awake and his consciousness began to explore as the task ended he had had an opportunity to understand something of what was happening he understood that he was now part of something larger than himself beyond doubt something that served and belonged to the pyramids his single brain not being large enough for the job seven others had been hooked in with it but where were their personalities gone he supposed presumably they had been citizens sons of the wolf did not meditate and therefore were not translated except for himself he corrected wryly 
remembering the meditation on rain clouds that had led him to no wait not rain clouds but water tropile caught hold of himself and forced his mind to retrace that thought he remembered the rain cloud meditation it had been prompted by a particularly noble cumulus of the ancient ship type and this was odd tropile had never been deeply interested in rain clouds had never known even the secondary classifications of rain cloud types and he knew that the ancient ship was of the fourth order of categories it was a false memory it was not his therefore logically it was someone else's memory and being available to his own mind as the fourteen other hands and eyes were available it must belong to another branch of the snowflake he turned his eyes down and tried to see which of the branches was his old body he found it quickly with growing excitement there was the left great toe of his body he had injured it in boyhood and there was no mistaking the way it was bent good it was reassuring he tried to feel the one particular body that led to that familiar toe he succeeded though not easily after a time he became more aware of that body somewhat as a neurotic might become stomach conscious or heart conscious but this was no neurosis it was intentional exploration since that worked with some unease he transferred his attention to another pair of feet and thought his way up from them it was embarrassing for the first time in his life he knew what it felt like to have breasts for the first time in his life he knew what it was like to have one's internal organs quite differently shaped and arranged buttressed and stressed by different muscles a very faint background feel of man's internal arrangements never questioned unless something goes wrong with them and they start to hurt was not at all like the faint background feel that a woman has inside her and when he concentrated on that feel it was no faint background to him it was surprising and upsetting he withdrew his attention hoping that he would be able to gratefully he became conscious of his own body again he was still himself if he chose to be were the other seven still themselves he reached into his mind all of it all eight separate intelligences that were combined within him is anybody there he demanded no answer or nothing he could recognize as an answer he drove harder and there was still none it was annoying he resented it as bitterly he remembered as in the old days when he had first been learning the subtleties of rune appreciation there had been a rune master his name forgotten who had been sometimes less than courteous had driven hard another false memory he withdrew and waited perhaps he thought that is part of the answer these people these other seven would not be driven the attempt to call them back to consciousness would have to be delicate then he drove hard when he drove hard it was painful he remembered the instant violent agony of his own awakening and they reacted with anguish more gently alert to vagrant memories he combed the depths of the eightfold mind within him reaching into the sleeping positions touching handling sifting and associating sorting this memory of an old knife wound was from an amok that was not the rain cloud woman that was a man very aged 
this faint recollection of a childhood fear of drowning was that she it was it fitted with the other recollection the long detour on a road south toward the sun around a river the rain cloud woman was the first to round out his mind the first he communicated with he was not surprised to find that early in her life she had feared that she might be wolf he reached out to her it was almost magic knowing the secret name of a person so that then he was yours to command but the secret name was more than that it was the gestalt of the person it was the sum of all data and experience never available to another person until now with her memories arranged at last in his own mind he thought persuasively citizeness Alla Nerova, will you awaken and speak with me no answer only a vague troubled stirring gently he persisted i know you well alanarova you sometimes thought you might be a daughter of the wolf but never really believed it because you knew you loved your husband and thought wolves did not love you loved rain clouds too it was when you stood at beachy head and saw the great cumulus that you went into meditation and on and on many times coaxingly even so it was not easy but at last he began to reach her slowly she began to surface thoughts began faintly sounding in his mind like echoes at first his own thoughts bouncing back at him a sort of mental nod of agreement yes that is so then terror with a shaking fear a hysterical rush citizeness Alla Nerova came violently up to full consciousness and to panic she was soundlessly screaming the whole eight-branch figure quivered and twisted in its nutrient bath the terrible storm raged in tropile's own mind as fully as in hers but he had the advantage of knowing what it was he helped her he fought it for the two of them soothing explaining calming at last her branch of the snowflake body retreated sobbing for a spell the storm was over he talked to her in his mind and she listened she was incredulous but there was no choice for her she had to believe exhausted and passive she asked finally what can we do i wish i were dead he told her you were never a coward before remember alanarova i know you as nobody has ever known another human being before that's the way you will know me as for what we can do we must begin by waking the others if we can if not if not tropile replied grimly then we will think of something else she was of tough stuff he thought admiringly when she had rested and absorbed things her spirit was almost that of a wolf she had very nearly been right about herself together they explored their twined members they found through them exactly what task was theirs to do they found how the electrostatic harvesting scythe of the pyramids was controlled by and through them they found what limitations there were and what freedoms they owned they reached into the other petals of the snowflake reached past the link components into the whole complex of electrostatic field generators and propulsion machinery reached even past that into into the great single function of the pyramids that lay beyond the end of chapter 10 of wolfbane